Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. In this week's episode, we're speaking about beneficial bacteria in the cannabis root zone. Now, we've covered subjects like this over the last few episodes, including different ways to maximize terpene production, which involves bacteria. We spoke about using organic amendments in hydroponic systems, which also involves bacteria. And in this week's episode, we're covering the different kinds of bacteria you can use in your root zone. That is for organic grows, soil grows, or salt-based grows in hydroponic mediums. So yes, lots of information covered in this episode, so make sure you're paying attention. And of course, roll yourself a fat one, get super high, and enjoy this episode of Grow Guides, and I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. So it is episode 79, and last week we spoke about organic supplements and amendments you can use in hydroponic setups. And we mentioned during that episode the importance of bacteria in hydro setups if you want the organic amendments to work. And that's what we're going to be covering this week. We're going to be talking about beneficial bacteria that you can use in your cannabis root zone and how you can find these different bacteria, what bacteria are good, where you can buy them from if you wanted to do that. And all sorts of things that are just going to improve the the micro herd in the soil or grow medium of your can- cannabis plants. Right. Yeah. So that's about it, really. Uh, next n- next week, we'll see you all next week. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Good show. <laughs> nice. Later. Yeah. But it, it, this goes into so much detail here. You know, there's um, you can be very light with the information. You can go into so so much fucking depth. You need to do a university course on which different bacteria live in soils and how they are beneficial to the plant and all sorts of things like that. But monkey, uh, do you, because I know you use the organics, the organic amendments in your grow medium. Do you incorporate a specific type of bacteria? Like do you buy the uh, like eco thrive powder from the internet and use that? Or do you just use lactobacillus? What's the score with you? What bacteria do you use? The only named bacteria that I know I could give you that I do use on a regular basis is lactobacillus. Everything else is just basic teas, worm teas, compost teas, JMS, uh, IMO3, that kind of stuff. And those are going to have a wide variety of broad spectrum of uh, both fungus and and bacterial uh, organisms in them. So Mm -hmm. the only one I can tell you that I use actually on a regular basis is lactobacillus. I don't even use myco. I've just never, never gotten into myco. Also known as lab. Well, L-A-B. Lab, yeah, so, right. I mean, what, where do we, I mean, Bubble, let's, let's cover you as well first. Do you use any kind of um, bacteria in your cocoa and stuff? Not, not really. It's not something that I've really delved into. I, I, I suppose I'm probably two steps behind monkey in that whereas he's using lacto i haven't really gotten around to that yet um i mean look you know i kind of when i when i'm doing outdoor i just rely on what's already um in the soil so i'm I'm not really adding extra i'm only ever feeding the microbes that are there so um yeah it's not really a 
not not really something that I've touched much on and definitely mm-hmm. not in my in my cocoa grows. Um, but it is something that I'm looking at um, slowly. Slow. I've, I've seen I've seen the results. The results are good, so it's pushing me into giving it a go at least. Mm-hmm. So most of these organisms that you're using in the cannabis plant root zone as well, they're just naturally occurring. There'll be some in the grow medium anyway. You don't necessarily need to necessarily need to add any, but you can if you want to. And there's different types you can use. Trichoderma is a good one. Trichoderma yep. is a, it's a type of mold pretty much. And it, if you're a mushroom grower, you hate this shit. But if you're, <laughs> yes, if you're a soil grower, then you love the shit because it's good for the soil, man. And it helps uh, with different fungal growth and different bacteria growth. Trichoderma is a good thing to have in your soil. But be careful if that moves up onto the plant. You don't want to get mold and shit. Because that, that's pretty much what it is. Trichoderma is mold, but it's good to have some of that in the soil. Uh, do you know the names of any other kinds of I mean, we mentioned the lactobacillus as well. Sure. Well, I mean, the mycorrhiza is... is- you know, that's very common inoculate your root with a mycorrhizal fungus. Mm-hmm. They very, all have these common. these crazy fucking scientific names. But you can actually buy beneficial bacteria for soil in uh, in packets. Like It comes as a dried powder that you can just add to your watering. And then when you water the plants, the bacteria gets involved in the medium. So that's something that you can do. Uh, they just, like Bacillus subtilis, you heard of that one? Mm-hmm. No. No, you know, like you've heard this name, but will you remember it? Probably not, you know. No, I remember that I heard it. That's about it, you know. I mean, there's there's a long one here. I've got it written down. It says Bacillus amylol Q facens. What the fuck is Q lolly Q facens? Ami Ami lolly Q. You see, it's like you don't just have to learn what the bacteria is here. You have to yeah, learn how yeah. to pronounce the fucking name. You know this. It's yeah. extra learning that you shouldn't have to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's Latin. I know it's Latin. There's that clue in the chat. I know it's uh, it's Latin, but damn, let's try and make it a little bit easier to pronounce. And then uh, Pseudomonas florensis as well. And I'd, I'd think that that bacteria glows in the dark when you use a pseudonym. I don't know. Well, what's the point in naming it like that? But they all have dodgy <laughs> names. But you can buy the powder. For, there's one specifically in the UK called EcoThrive. I'm, I'm sure you have similar products over in the USA or Australia where they have numerous different kinds of bacteria that's good for the soil or the grow medium, uh, it, like, like 12 different types or something where you just add that to water and then feed that to the plants. And like that gets the bacteria starter. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, you can use it in, um, in cocoa grows and shit like that. I'm not sure about the DWC hydro kind of thing, wouldn't do it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, probably wouldn't be doing it. Always risky. You want nightmares. Yeah, putting foreign organisms into into a DWC is always risky, man. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. do it. I think we did that once and ended up growing leeches. So yeah, yeah, it it was all frothy (laughs) and shit, you know. And and there's lots of different types of this uh, bacteria that you can use, and if you you can make some yourself, like Monkey does, he makes the Lactobacillus and the the JMS and they mm-hmm. will have local microbes that are in the soil around you anyway. So and that's what I like to use is my local microbes, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's that they're strong. They've evolved to be in my environment. That's what I like. And they're free. Mm-hmm. They're essentially free. You know, oh, you're going to spend a lot part. of money on, if you're buying the microbes online, not only are they not if from your area, they're, they're expensive. And, 
you can just make it much easier yourself at home you know the, the locally sourced thing is an important thing man if you're growing plants in a certain area you want bacteria that is also in that certain area because it's good for the um the immune system of the plant itself because mm -hmm. using this bacteria will increase the amount of food that the plant can absorb so it will eat more nutrients and it will eat them at a better rate as well what the plant's more comfortable with so it, it just gives you an all-round healthier plant they'll be immune to certain pathogens and pests that are in the local area as well so that's something that you can take into consideration when you're using bacteria there's just loads of good reasons why you should do it and also there's been lots of scientific studies like we discussed on last week's show that bacteria can help with the, Oh no, it was the week before that bacteria can help with the, uh, the production of terpenes as well. Right. Oh, definitely. The bacteria can help you with the terpene production. It will give you flavors that, that, you know, sometimes you, yeah, the flavors will be subtle, but overall mm -hmm. fuller flavor is what I'm getting out of the cannabis with the microbes. In it. That's right, man. Good stuff. There we go. Uh, the delayed bird has said there's one you can get here called 420 in one. Nice. It's 420 different benefit beneficial mm -hmm. bacterias, but 28 yeah. types of bacterium. There you go. Mm -hmm. Nice. Wow. Nice. Okay. That's good, man. Uh, yeah. You, you want the good ones. You want all the good ones, you know, sorry, monkey. You want to do your thing? Was, well, what I was going to say is uh, I asked Dr. Elaine a little bit about some of these way back when we had, uh, or on, uh, Elaine Ingham, Dr. Elaine Ingham, when we had her on the show, I think it was the second time we had her, I asked her about some of these uh, compost starters and bottled uh, microbes, and she was not for them. She was, her opinion was, use what you have in your local environment. It's better for everything. It's better for your plants. It's better for your environment. You're basically throwing money away that you don't need to buy. That was her take on it. So, you know, if you have compost and you, and you got your own microbes, Compost tea of your own microbes is probably going to be better than bought microbes that you're adding to your solution. Is that's what sure. she was pitching? Mm -hmm. Well, always make your own if you can. That's going to be the best way to go. Yes, you know the local microbes. Uh, the, the local microbes massively important. You know when you go to make the the JMS, you're going around to your local area and picking up dirt from old trees and shit. Yep. You know, so that's been there for a while, man. Lots of good micronutrients there. Yeah, decomposing leaves and sticks and, mm. and, you know, a small spool, a scoop of dirt here and there. And yeah, you all have the good old microbes and that's going to go into cannabis and make it extra good. That's right, man. This bacteria is important stuff. It and, can be. and though you can't name specifically what microbes are in there, you know, there's some good local microbes in there. You know, you don't need to be able to name all of these things for them to be have a beneficial, uh, beneficial impact on your plants. You know, it's like you put them in there and it's like, say my name, bitch. Before, you know, it's like, you don't need to know its fucking name for it to do its job. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to convert this nutrient into nitrogen unless you say my name. You don't work like that. <laughs> don't work like that. So, you know, just just use what you can learn the names if you want to. But it's not necessary. What kind of movies you've been watching here, Mackie? <laughs> ones that youtube won't allow let's just say, say that. my name <laughs> say my name <laughs> say my name <laughs> marcellus wallace <laughs> uh, yeah good movie good movie. uh what else do we have here because we have lots of questions in re in regards to the uh, beneficial bacteria you know uh are they safe using organic cultivation is one of them and 
Yes, definitely. It's like we recommend that you use uh, these beneficial bacteria when you're growing organically. That's the most important thing because these yeah. bacteria will break down organic matter, turn them into nutrients for the plants and give the plant extra foods as well. Hmm. Much yeah. more important in, in, a, um, in a soil, living soil growing, things like mm -hmm. that in an organic yeah. run than it is in cocoa. I mean, yes, it's beneficial in cocoa, as we're finding out, but I, it's not as necessary to mm. get the desired result. Exactly yeah. right. You can you can get an excellent, and I'm talking about it, an excellent product from a cocoa grow without using bacteria. Uh, mm -hmm. You just mm -hmm. get a little slightly different product when you add bacteria to it. Yeah, yeah. And, that's yeah, and it again, well. it depends. It depends on what you're putting into that cocoa too. If you're if you're pumping that thing full of salt. <laughs> It's you know, and it, the microbes aren't going to do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just something yeah. that I started playing with. I mean, I don't even have a cheat sheet here. It's just all stuff I'm making up as I'm going along. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're getting some really good results, man. So it's it's you know that's what's look. You've inspired me. Let's say, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'll just, go ahead yeah. tell a story. But I was telling before we went on the air. I've got I've got a cocoa grow that it's getting close to chop. Uh, and it and it's gotten my uh, let's call it the 50 50 approach of organic and and salt both there it's been on on water only now for two weeks and i still two weeks two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> i've been on water only for two weeks and i haven't opened your mind yet. i haven't seen any fade yet because the microbes are in the cocoa and evidently there's enough stuff in the cocoa that my plants are still feeding just fine without feeding them any salts right now wait <laughs> wait give these people air open your mind you know, give these people air <laughs> but anyway yeah there's a whole list of bacteria that you can add to your medium and as i say you can buy these in packets most of the time they come as a powder and you add that to your water and you feed the plants now when you're using the water for the plants it's better for it to be um not chlorinated because the chlorine is there specifically as we're told by the government whether it's true or not that's up to you you know but you know why is the fluoride there bro why is the fluoride there let's not ask any questions but you should let the water degas a little bit so the chlorine can evaporate from it because that will kill a certain amount of the microbes in the water and you obviously don't want that happening you're going out to buy these microbes off the shelf from somewhere adding it to water and then it's just being killed by all of the the chlorine in there anyway so make now, sure you let the water degas de or you're using rainwater instead sorry monkey well, what, what happens if we're using chloramine instead of chlorine in your in your uh, city water what do we do and, and yeah that shit takes longer to evaporate from the water yeah. though i but, think uh, a little bit of, i think vitamin c is one thing that, that some people mm -hmm. are finding that works with chloramine mm -hmm. is a small amount of vitamin c Will yeah. help you get rid of the chloramine or even the chlorine a little bit faster. yeah both what well, this stuff you can buy for your turtle tank or your fish tank or whatever it is, aquarium yeah. that has fish or but because that's what that you put you in aquarium to turtle tank yeah yeah it's because <laughs> i have a turtle tank in it and i use this this shit to like take all the the elements out or something yeah it takes the yeah. chlorine out so the turtle can swim around in there without having his eyes sting yeah, like at the swimming baths you know <laughs> <laughs> and so just a random fact here everybody pool, if you are um, in the swimming baths and like at the swimming pool with your uh, you know in a public pool 
and your eyes are stinging, it means that the chlorine is reacting with the urine. So people have been pissing in that pool and it's come to the extent where the chlorine's reacted to it so much that it affects your eyes, man. So if your eyes are stinging from being in the swimming pool, because people are pissing in it, get the fuck out of it. Just, just saying. Yeah, and when All you get right. out, make sure you eat a banana after, right? <clears throat> yeah, need two bananas just <laughs> to be safe. <laughs> South no, don't chew it either. Don't chew it. <laughs> but anyway, back to bacteria. So you, you want to make sure that the, the water's degassed then get the, as much chlorine as possible before you start just pouring money into it, essentially, is what you do when you add in these bacteria. But there's uh, different bacteria you want to look out for on the packet. One of them, I'm going to try and pronounce the names of them, but oh, of boy. course, it's going to be a fun five minutes, everybody. <laughs> All, right. All right. So we got Bacillus subtilis, which isn't difficult to pronounce. Uh, this bacteria aids in nutrient cycling, disease suppression, and root system development. It enhances the plant's ability to absorb nutrients and produces antimicrobial compounds. That all sounds good, right? You definitely want some of that in your medium. Yeah. And then there's that, uh, that Bacillus amylolly Q facians. Come on, you, know, you could have done better than that. Amylolly Q. I don't even know. Oh, where's where's this list coming from? Because I've got to read along to see how badly you're butchering them. See what it says, listener. Well, you see it there. Go on, Bubble. Pronounce that for me, considering you're so good at English. <laughs> Is it amyloliquafacines? Maybe. Oh, that's a really good try. Nice. Quafacines. Like yeah, yeah. Nice. Sounds like a sexually transmitted disease, man. Quafacines, yeah. Sounds, sounds like something a drop bear is going to give people. You know what I mean? They're covered in it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> similar to Bacillus subtilis, this strain supports nutrient availability and disease resistance. It can also help protect plants from stresses and environmental challenges. Then we have uh, Pseudomonas florensis. I think that's the one that glows in the dark when you use a pseudonym, like I mentioned that one earlier. Uh, known for its disease-suppressing abilities, this bacteria helps control various soil-borne pathogens. It promotes root growth and nutrient absorption, sp- particularly phosphorus. Nice. So, and then we have rhizobium, and rhizo is a term that's used, uh, uh, like the rhizosphere is the bacteria that lives on the roots uh, of the uh, of the plants and shit. Then you have the uh, rhizotonic is a root enhancer that you can get from canna. It's one of those nutrients. So, um, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, anything with rhizo seems to be good. So, rhizobium SPP. These bacteria form symbiotic relationships with the ligamonious mm-hmm. plants. I suppose they're legumes, uh, such as peas and beans. They fix atmospheric nitrogen, converting it into a form that plants can use. So it takes nitrogen from the air and turns it into nitrogen because there's a lot of nitrogen in the air, in case you didn't know. We speak so much about the whole (laughs) CO2 thing. There's so much more nitrogen when you need to do something about the level of nitrogen. It's making the plants too green. Uh, and then we had one which was mentioned earlier, which isn't a bacteria necessarily. It's a fungi. We have a mycorrhizal fungi. And you see it's got that rhizo, that rhizo sound in there again, like the rhizobium up there. Uh, while not bacteria, these fungi establish and benefit a beneficial relationship with plant roots. They enhance nutrient uptake, especially phosphorus, and improve root structure. So that's another one. That's one you definitely want to be looking out for, the mycorrhizal fungi and uh, the rhizo. Rhizo is definitely a, a good one. 
if you want to find those bacteria, put those into your into your grow medium as well. Then we have azos yeah yeah bubble. <laughs> I'll just drop this whole thing in the chat. Yeah, you can. Uh, That's what I thought he was going to do before. Yeah, the whole thing. The, yeah. Okay. Well, you want me to put the whole list on there? Whatever. There it it's it's under uh, the listener mail there. That's it. So you you want to try reading that one, Bubble? Is it yeah, you give it a shot, Monkey. Azospirillium. So azospirillium. Yeah, that's that's an azospirillium. That sounds about right. That's right. That's right. You want to read the rest of it, there? Yeah, let people know what it is. So these these nitrogen fixing bacteria colonize plant roots and enhance nitrogen uptake from the soil. They can promote growth and improve plant tolerance to stress. That's a good one. Yes. So, and they're all good ones. You know, you just you want to add all of these if you can. But, I mean, how difficult is it going to be to source all of these? You're going to have to find them on packets. Yeah, you know, as if they've got all the, the names of this shit there. But it's not like you're going to be able to dig them up in your garden and have a look and be like, oh, this one's Bacillus amylicoi fish scenes. Well, you, know? <laughs> you can do that if you want, but I mean, those are the kind yeah. of things that uh, I think the Queen of the Sun, uh, Alexa Alexandra, does that, mm -hmm. and I think Elaine uh, Ingham does that as well. But they look at microscope. nematodes and shit. Can you look at bacteria? I mean, you're going to need a really fucking good uh, microscope you can. to look at that. I know, I know, uh, Doctor Elaine does. Yeah, I'm pretty certain she's that's that's her big thing is that she's really into what bacteria exactly. and microbes are working with what to. She talks uh, about how she used to count bacteria for her father back in the day, kind of thing. So right, yeah, I think right. she's into actually looking at the back specific bacteria. So well, I'll put the next one there in the chat if you want to read that one. There looks like trich trichoderma S trichoderma. Yeah, it's all although fungi trichoderma strains are included in beneficial microorganism blends. They help control pathogens and enhance nutrient availability and stimulate root development. Would that be into the mycorrhiza? Uh, what you mean? It, it, yeah, into the into the roots. Yeah, because it's good yeah, to have but... some fungi growth in um in your soil as well. You want a little bit of fungi yeah. in there. Yeah, you, the roots are actually, you know, the fungi actually can actually inoculate the roots and actually they become symbiotic on the uptake on mm -hmm. side of the roots too. So yeah, all these things work together with the plants. Nature's a wonderful thing. Yeah, man, it's got it all figured out. Yeah, and then then we have a, another one here is Lactobacillus. Uh, oh, just another point in that trichoderma, as mentioned, you know, this is the type of mold that grows on your mushrooms easily. You know, if you're growing mushrooms, you lion's mane, and you know, mm -hmm. lethal mushrooms. Uh, of course, the <laughs> trichoderma is a shit that's just going to get in their little mold spore or land a mold spore. It will land up on your on the medium somewhere and just grow like fuck. Now, I don't know whether you can use this stuff. You know, if your mushroom grow does get infected and you do get trichoderma, I don't know if putting that in your soil is going to be useful. But just be careful when you're dealing with these kind of molds and things like that. Wear, wear a fucking a mask. You know, and that's when you're using these uh, bacteria as well, you know, because they'll come in a powder form and you'll pour them into your water. But you just try not to breathe any of that shit in. You don't know what it's going to do to your lungs, you know. Now, the trichoderma, when you get it, it affects the uh, your, your uh, grain spawn. What color is it when it, when you see the green, infection? Green, green, usually. Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought it should be. Yeah, kind of like a, uh, I call it an asparagus, an asparagus green almost kind of color. Mm -hmm. Weird. Yeah. Not, not a blue green. No. Hmm. Yes. Horrible okay. shit. 
How old was your yeah. mushrooms good in soil? I mean, I've had a few failed mushroom grows now, but I just get coated in trichoderma and then I just mix it with my soil in my worm bin. And, you know, then it's got, that, that's got to be fucking delicious soil. The plants would love that shit. Mm-hmm. It's got to trichoderma and, and mushrooms in here. <laughs> Look at this. There's some psilocybin growing here. <laughs> yeah. Really? There's some penis envy coming out. You, plot, you know what I mean? God damn. <laughs> Tripping off the fucking ganja, you're like, God damn, what made that happen? Hmm. <laughs> nice. But, uh, lactobacillus is the next one, which we've spoke about on the on the few show, the last few shows that we've done, we spoke about lactobacillus. So it's a very interesting one, and this shit's really easy to make, man. In, if if you go over to persisgrowing.com, you can also find a guide on Chris Trump's channel. Lactobacillus is very easy to make, and it's the it's the first step you can take into making your own bacteria and nutrients at home. And that's if you're in hydro or uh, organic source as well. You want to try and make yep. some lactobacillus. It's good for the soil and easy to make. The first one I made, and it's great, like you said, Mackie, if you want to see if microbes are going to help you do this, because this will tell you right away whether or not you want to go further. And it's mm-hmm. easy. That's right. And JMS using- as well. Sorry, Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, when you're making your lacto, mm-hmm. are you using um, fresh milk or like, does it matter whether you use fresh milk or just about to go off milk? And because I was Typ- going to just going to use a yeah, uh, full cream milk. Well, I use a usually I, well, we drink two percent. So if I end up having some that's starting getting close to the end and I need to make some lacto, I'll just use that. Um, you know, okay. just inoculate it. I, I still like to cheat and inoculate it with a dairy product like a like the way out of a either a Greek yogurt or a sour cream, it it's yeah. just a quicker way of getting there. Um, I know it's not it's not a pure thing and all that stuff like that. As far as yeah, I didn't do it with the rice and I took a shortcut. You get there. Mm-hmm. There's also yeah, that's, there's, that's... A, there's a quicker shortcut. You can go to the pharmacy and you can ask the pharmacist for lactobacillus, and actually they have it behind the counter. It's kept in a refrigerator. And it's super lactobacillus. You can actually inoculate your milk with that. It's not a prescription, but they usually keep it behind the counter in the refrigerator so it doesn't spoil. Um, A lot of times, if you have a child that's having digestive problems, you can put that in their milk and that will help them. So you can get that from a pharmacy as a super easy way to make your own lactobacillus. Just add it to milk, let it go. (laughs) go. Filmy Bowl says, could you use breast milk? If you've got some Uh, lying uh, around, mate. (laughs) Yeah, um, tell tell you what. Put a thread up at Percy's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's with these uh, breast milk this week? Let's talk about nappies last week. God damn, Phil. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's got lacto in it. Yeah. it, it milk has uh, yeah, lactase it, in it, and it you is. need the lacto yeah. to break down the lactase to make it uh, digestible for humans and other animals. And this, the lactase molecule usually disappears in humans after around 18 months old but here in the western world we seem to carry on for longer but a lot of people in the eastern world they don't keep it for so long so they uh, become lactose intolerant a lot easier just saying mm. yeah random tangent but yeah any milk is gonna have the uh, the lactose in it look at look at gellert <laughs> uh no doc, doctor <laughs> They said it'll work <laughs> quick. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But yeah, man, you, you could use that shit. I wonder how that would work. That's that's in, oh, that's that's shocking though, isn't it? It's like there's like legitimately starving babies out there who could do with the breast milk. 
We're talking yeah. about just using it in fucking plants here. Let's test it out. I just, see what happens. I just <laughs> want to see if the plant gets a boost from the extra HGH. That's that's the <laughs> yeah. plants growing oh tits. God. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, lactobacillus is a good one, commonly used in compost teas. Uh, they, these bacteria aid in breaking down organic matter and improving soil structure. They also contribute to disease suppression. So very good stuff, man. Make sure you give the lactobacillus a try. And then we have yeah. one more left let, here. Let me Sorry, give Monkey. one warning about the lacto because what I, I made a mistake once, and I've said this before in this show, is I had, a, I had some extra old lactobacillus and I decided since it was in molasses, it would be good for the microorganisms. I tossed it in the compost bin. And that compost pin smelled like a dairy farm. I swear, Whoa, the entire time it was going off, that that uh, that compost had a very manure smell about it. Uh, be careful with with your lacto; it's not good for compost piles. It'll oh, it makes great compost, but you won't enjoy the smell. And there's one more we got here as well. The ninth one. If Bubba, Bubba you want to hear that one, it's in the notes there. Uh, Streptomyces. Is that right? Damn, you're good at this. Damn. Did, yeah. did you do science or something? <laughs> I, was, I was sat at a table as a kid and beaten with a stick if I got words wrong. Um, <laughs> the, these bacteria produce enzymes that decompose organic matter, releasing nutrients for the plant to uptake. They also have antagonistic properties against harmful pathogens. Oh, so all nice. good things. Yeah, man. All good. But as we say, you can make the lactobacillus at home. That one's really easy to make. I'm not sure about the other bacteria. So if you want to get a whole list of these things, then you can just you can find a packet of these different because there's loads of different brands that do it. There's not one specific brand. I just know of the Eco Thrive guys who are good here in the UK. That they, they, I think they have twelve different microbes and uh, fungi in their mix. So it's going to be good shit to use, man. You just buy it in a packet nice and easy like that. But also make mm. yourself some lactobacillus because you can just make that at home. Homemade is the best. If you're using, um, if you go for the JMS and you do the Jadam kind of uh, bacteria growing, where you go around and you're collecting dirt from old trees, uh, at the bottom of the old trees, collect some of that, put it all in a sock uh, or, you know, uh, stock in something like that and put that in water with some baked potato. There's guys online where you can find Super how to easy. make JMS. Yeah, it's easy, really easy, easy to make. And that will give you a more variety of, of bacteria as well. It'd be more like a micro herd rather, rather than the uh, the monoculture of it just being one bacteria. Yeah, mm. also because it's so cheap and relatively easy to do this, just like lactobacillus, give this a shot before you spend a ton of money because this will tell you if, if microbes are going to help you or not. Mm -hmm. Very, very easy to do. And they probably will help. Uh, they are good. I think they will, but you never know. These people may have, you know, micro uh microbiomes that are super strong and they don't need any boots you never can tell mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. because i was going into cocoa i needed everything that's right man and, and uh let's say for example that you have some root rot and you want to be able to get rid of the root rot well that's because there's some kind of dodgy bacteria usually what happens is when the bacteria it stops getting air, it turns into uh, bad bacteria. And the good bacteria is the bacteria that can get plenty of air. That, that's the good shit that you want to use. So if you, if you get too many air pockets in the root zone because you haven't filled the pot properly, then you might get like uh, some root rot on there. And you can use the bacteria to get rid of that shit as well. Uh, the different bacteria will be able to eat all of the dead stuff around the roots and then uh, 
kill off. You know, they'll fight. There'll be a little war between the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. And the, the good bacteria overpowers the bad stuff, and then the root rot will stop. And that shit will get converted into, um, like, food for the plant, because that's what bacteria yeah. does. The bad stuff is pythium, usually. That's the stuff you don't want in your soil. That's your root rot stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the other bacteria, there are other ones out there. If you keep the right and healthy microbiome, they will outcompete the bad ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just had a funny vision of bringing in some cicadas into my grow room. E. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't be bugs. Don't be bugs in Bryce. No, well, South, <laughs> South Silly said he found some cicadas with is it Bavaria Bessiana or something going to try and culture that for these IPM. Nice. So yeah. I've never I've never heard of that. I've never heard of people using cicada. I'm assuming I'm assuming it's cicada shells or something he's found. Well, um there's something that Chris Trump is doing. He's talking mm-hmm. about it. he puts the uh, the insects in his IMO collection, right? The rice for the IMO collection. And he found that uh, he was, he found it with weevils. And I think he's also using crickets at times doing this, but it cultivates a bacteria that when sprayed on the plants as a whole, when these bad uh, insects get the stuff on them, it, it creates a fungus that kills the insects. So he creates, he figured a way to create a natural, uh, what do you call it? Not really an insecticide, but a deterrent. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, by doing that, maybe that's what he's talking about. He, uh, he found he found the, uh, the because, correct bacteria um, growing on yeah. the live cicadas, and he's going to try and if he can culture that and spread it on his cannabis plants, that could infect other other insects on his. Well, plants. I think it's like there's a certain bacteria that kills these insects, and if you yes. get some of those that have been killed by that bacteria, and then include that into your IMO. Then yes, that can grow, like that. Uh, and then if any of these cicadas come near it, there's a, a high amount of this uh, this bacteria that kills them. So then they get onto it, and it, it it's like a deterrent and uh, prevention at the same time. It's very like cool. An additional, an additional yeah, IPM method. Like nature is pretty much they get close and be like, "Oh, that smells like that shit that killed Jerry. We better get the fuck yeah. out of here." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you can just hang the dead cicadas from the tree. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god <laughs> it's like the tower of london around here <laughs> <laughs> shit man <laughs> they got all their their family and friends on spikes <laughs> in your medium just sitting there like yeah come near my plants i dare you i dare you yeah. <laughs> ants on a pin sitting there inside of it there with the stink oh, yeah, on, on a toothpick like yeah come on so then when you've got your uh, your bacteria, you know, you've, you've gone and bought your packet or you're, you're using your lactobacillus or your JMS, any kind of stuff like that, then how can you prolong the life of these bacterias that are living in the grow medium? Because they will die off over time. How can you keep it up and running? You got any suggestions there, monkey? Got to keep them healthy. Got to keep them fed. Got to keep them vi- uh, needed, if you will. You know, it's one thing is people say that salts kill these microbes. And think what people have found out is that the salts aren't actually directly killing the microbes. Hmm. The fact that the microbes aren't needed anymore is killing the microbes. The salts kill the weak ones. <laughs> yes, something like that. So in order <laughs> to keep the microbes strong, you need to feed them. Molasses is one thing that a lot of people mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. add molasses to some waterings periodically to help the microbes. It yeah. just feeds them a little bit, keeps them healthy. Um, That's right. Give them something keep, to eat. Keep your pHs within normal ranges, things like that. And you know, if if your if your plants and your soil are healthy, 
just let it go, man. Just manage mm-hmm. the water. Don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Try, don't try and, and you know, I see it all the time at Percy's. Uh, everything looks good. Do you think I should add some of this? No. Mm-hmm. But uh, other things need to be taken into account as well, like uh, the temperature of the medium and the temperature of the water that you're feeding. You know, if it's too hot, it's going to affect the microbes. If it's too cold, it's going to affect the microbes. You want to be watering your plants uh, around. Yeah, man, I don't even... Back in the DWC days, then I used to keep my uh, water around 18 degrees Celsius, and that seemed to be what everybody was recommended. But, well, what, I just, is the, room you, temperature, whatever that happens to be. Mm, yeah. It's about 23 degrees, is it, room temperature? Well, I figure, you know, even if it's outside, like right now it's 40 degrees outside, and I guarantee if I had a plant outside in the soil in a water with 40-degree water, it probably would be fine because mm-hmm. that's what the plants used to. But if I yeah. watered it with you know, if I watered it with 15 degree water and a 40 degree outside, it may freak it out. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Just a little. A <laughs> yeah, little bit. That's it, man. So keep an eye on the uh, the temperature of the water. Of course, like we mentioned, you don't want to be killing the bacteria in the medium by using water that's chlorinated. So if you're using tap water, then make sure you let it to sit out for 24 hours and hopefully a large amount of the chlorine is going to evaporate from the water, but you still have chloramine on there. It's going to kill off some bacteria, but it won't kill off as many as it would have done if you, if you didn't let it gas the gas. So let it stand for a while. That's uh, always, uh, and the medium as well. You, you can't let the medium dry out fully. If it dries out fully, then it's going to kill out all the fucking microbes in there. The microbes need to have enough moisture to survive. It don't mean keep it wet all the time like you do in cocoa. You know, if growing in soil, it needs that wet and dry cycle. But you don't let it get too dry. That's the thing. You find that happy medium, <clears throat> and the, the microbes will be happier then. Yeah, microbes are pretty robust, though. So you don't expect them to, you know, if your pot dries out a little bit, you, mm-hmm. know, you didn't kill all the microbes. Water it again. They'll come back. If, if you're right. nice to them, they'll, they'll recover. The strong ones survive, man. That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, how much more can we add here about bacteria? We told you what different bacteria you can use. Uh, told you I had to get the, you know, you go online, look for, uh, just search for microbes to use in soil and you'll find loads of different microbes. But EcoThrive is definitely one you can use here in the UK. Uh, and what was that one you found? Uh, we were saying uh, 420 something. What was that bubble? Uh, so, yeah, sorry. It's the 420, uh, 420 in one beneficial bacteria. So it's made by a South Australian company down here. Uh, mm-hmm. It contains 28 different species of bacterium and enzymes, has eight-hour activation, fully stable, two-year unrefrigerated shelf life, breaks down organic matter, um, can be used in commercial hydroponic grows as well. So mm-hmm. harmless to plants, animals, fish, and humans. Uh, I, I, look, I've not used it. I've not used it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have used one called Gogo Juice, and not on my indoors, but in on my outdoor grows, and it does, it does seem to keep them happy. So, no, I suppose it, it just comes down to what you what uh, medium you're running in as mm-hmm. well, and how much you want to add. But try something new. Why not? Yeah, man. That's how we uh, learn. Uh, Silas in the chat there said recharge if you're in the states is something that you can use. Yeah, but yeah. there's yeah. lots of options out there. You know, and try it out. If it doesn't work out, you know, try it out just one time, maybe two. You know, as long as it's not killing your plants, it's okay, isn't it? Just uh, try it out, see if it works. 
And if you're in salt, if you're growing with salt-based nutrients, then try and include a little something for the plants that eat, like a little bit of molasses or something like that. Mm. Uh, not for the plants that eat, sorry, for the microbes that eat, because the microbes need to eat too. But if you can just get some microbes added in there, especially during the flowering stage, man, because it, it, there's plenty of evidence to show that adding bacteria to the root zone during flower will increase the terpene content and the flavor of the cannabis. And that's something we're all seeking all the time. So do what you can, man. And the best way to do it is locally sourced. Man. Try and do this shit locally sourced with your own compost. If you've got your own compost heap and shit like that, then... No, you use that if you can. You can use that and make some JMS. You can just find that on um, Chris Trump's yeah. channel again. How to make JMS? It's very easy. Yeah, you you want to explain that quickly, monkey? Well, basically, so you don't even need compost for JMS. You're just basically using what you got in your yard. You're just that's all mm -hmm. you're using. So, JMS uh, dechlorinated water, small amount of salt added to it. I'm not going to give you. We're going fast on this because this is all on Chris Trump's channel. It's explained in detail there. But anyway, add a small amount of water to, to the uh, dechlorinate, um, to a amount of sea salt, the dechlorinated water. Then you're going to do collection of your leaf litter and a small amount of soil. Put that in one sock. And then you're going to take two or three baked potatoes, put it in another sock. I tie them together, put it over a stick so they're suspended toward the center of that five gallon bucket. Then you kind of massage both of the socks. You want to release the, some of that organic material from the soil into your water. And you want to get a good bit of that starch. You want to crush the baked potatoes and let the starch release into, into the water, cover it with a plastic bag, come back 36 hours later, it should be frothy and kind of brown looking. That's your concentrate. Mm. JMS, take that, dilute it. Use about a, uh, 20 ounces of, of that solution into a five gallon bucket of dechlorinated water and water your plants and your trees and everything in your yard with it and come back the next day and you're going to find out everybody loves it. That's the quick and dirty version. Go to Chris Trump's yeah. channel and see it for real, please, because I know I probably missed something. Yeah, man, it sounds about right to me. That's about the whole process there. Pretty much. It's a quick one, though. But yeah, Chris does it on his channel. You can see exactly what he's doing. And it's mm -hmm. not hard, not hard at all. So, and you're saying about talk Billy, about, the, Billy there? Yeah, with all this, with all this talk about squeezing socks over a five-gallon bucket, <laughs> Billy had been having a field day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the wrong kind of microbes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know, no, trying to grow homunculi. <laughs> Lots of people mentioning recharge there in the chat as well, and you can get that in the UK too, and Eco Thrive and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's all good, you know, getting these kind of bacteria and, and uh, fungi. That's good shit as well. You know, if you can buy the shit off the shelf, then that's cool. But an another good option and one which you should try and add is definitely using locally sourced microbes. You know, microbes that from around the plant. Uh, yeah. they're just going to be better off with the stuff that's local to them. Yeah. So use that stuff. James insect, is good. Sorry, monkey. Insect frass, things like that, mm -hmm. even even worm castings, all of that it adds microbes to, to your grow. So, yeah. Top dress with all of that. You don't have to buy anything. Just use those top dresses. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so lots of good information there about what bacteria you can use and where to get it if you wanted to. You know, As usual, just search online and you'll find exactly what you need. But uh, if you're in the USA, Recharge sounds good. Eco Thrive is a good option if you're in the UK, but you can get Recharge from the UK as well. What was that one again? Sorry, Bubble, in the, in the Australia? 
uh, four twenty in one. Right. You check but that, I but you can probably can get, get the you probably get recharge and shit out there as well. I'm you? pretty certain you can get recharge. Um, mm. and what was the other one? Uh, Eco Thrive. Yeah, you can definitely get Eco Thrive, but there was another Sweet. one they were talking about, wasn't there? Uh, uh, MPK raw powdered microbes. Yeah, see, there's lots of options out there, you know, and you can check the back, and it will tell you exactly what microbes are are in that uh, packet as well but you know, these are all uh, like dormant uh, pieces of the bacteria and the fungi as well so you need to put it into the water and aerate it a little bit with an air stone but when you put it in the water put your air stone in and just give it a couple of hours for them to disperse and populate a little bit uh, 24 hours is best if you're going to use this kind of thing you know when you're making compost tea and shit like that just try and um, give it 24 hours with just the water bubbling so mm-hmm. make, make sure you leave it to degas to get all the chlorine off it. But if you're using rainwater and shit like that, then just put the uh, air stone in. So once it's degassed and as much chlorine's out as possible, put the air stone in with the powder and just let it bubble for a while. Anything over 12 hours is good, you know. Up to 24 is good. That's what you want to be aiming for. And you can tell when it's good because there'll be lots of uh, white froth on the top, lots of bubbles from where the, uh, the bacteria have started to do their thing. There's like bacteria Ooh. jizz everywhere. That's what that's what it is. Uh, just yeah. feeding <laughs> fucking billies. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't want to get yep. Yep. <laughs> just frothy fucking white stuff. Yeah, man. Oh no. Yeah, Billy isn't well, here today. He's coming back from Product Earth, and he's probably uh, on his way home. Good thing he's not here. We wouldn't have the end of it today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> surprise, mm-hmm. surprised he hasn't pulled over and jumped off his bike just to <laughs> <laughs> shit man yes some good information there about bacteria that you can use in your grow media man give it a give it a shot if you haven't tried it before and you know make sure you let us know what's going on over on persysgrowroom.com as well if you're going to add bacteria to your grow for the first time then start a diary so we can see what happens and we want to see what uh how it turns out in the end and let us know if, if, if it was good or if it was bad or whatever you know uh yeah. i have loads of posts Laying around this year, I really should learn to make something from it. Say so it's help. Random. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's purslane? Uh, it's a it's an herb actually. It's edible. Uh, Chris Trump was showing us when he was on last time. He showed us some purslane. Right. It's very much edible. You can eat like salad or anything like that. Also, it's it's a, a kind of kind of like a succulent almost feel to it. Makes right. uh, for many plant juice. Uh, it works pretty good with that. Lots of things like that. And looking from the emojis he's using, he's saying if ducks eat it, it makes them fart. Yeah. See, Sassily says hmm. good stir fry. You can, yeah. It's very edible and it grows wild where I am. Cool. Hey, man. So there we go, everybody. If you have any questions, of course, you know you can find us over at persisgrowroom.com and we'll be able to help you out with any questions you have about bacteria or your growing in general. And it is free to sign up for everybody who listens to the show. So, uh, you know, come in uh you know, everybody else has to pay. It's just you guys who listen to the show game for free. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, just one list of mail question that we will cover here before we go. And this is from Backblast. He says, I have a question for the panel. Is sunfla- sunflower lecithin a necessary ingredient in edibles? I use a magic butter machine most of the time and a lot of the recipes they have on their site. And other sites call for sunflower lecithin in infused oils 
and some baked edibles. I'm not sure if it's just me, but it seems to alter the taste and appearance of certain edibles. Thanks. Uh, using the sunflower lecithin just makes it, it makes the you know, the THC go further. You know, it gives you a stronger impact. It's processed different by the liver. It's like the liver will process the sunflower lecithin instead of the THC, so you get more of that go into your system, and it gives you a stronger high. I think it can increase it like. 10%, so you have to use 10% less. I'm not sure on those numbers. It's been a long time since I looked into that kind of thing, but that's essentially what uh, sunflower lecithin is used for. It's also, uh, it's very important in some edible recipes because the lecithin is actually the emulsifier that will allow your oil to combine with, with water ingredients. So right. if you're making yeah. gummies that are water-based, like out of uh, jelly or jello, yes, you have to, if you don't have the lecithin in it and you try to make that, the oil will literally separate from the the jellies as they uh, solidify. So yeah, you do need to use lecithin in some edibles at least because it's the emulsifier. Depending on what, depending on the oil you're making, like I with when I use make my fico gummies, I don't use it. Um, but if I'm making it with like a, if I've made a coconut oil or a butter or something like that, and I'm trying to use that to make the gummy, mm -hmm. yeah, one hundred percent, you'll have to use the lecithin. Right. Yeah. I don't think that you're like your, your, uh, your Pico or RSO though. That's not really an oil. It's just more of like a pure resin, isn't it? Yeah. We yeah, call it oil, but it's, it's not really oil. No, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's because well, it's full of all the lipids and the waxes and all of that stuff that come out yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, right. I mean, that's, that's all going to have that same sort of effect that lecithin has anyway. So probably so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, if you if you're making like if you're using coconut oil to make gummies or something, then yeah, you will because it'll just turn to mush. Right. So. Yeah. And if like I actually find that it works well with if I'm putting I like to use the uh the oil in my coffee. And if the lecithin is in the oil, I don't have the oil floating on the top of the coffee. It actually blends with the coffee better. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on the type of edible you're saying then, really. Yes, if it's a water-based edible, pretty much you're going to need some something out of an emulsifier in it if you're using an infused oil. Right, so I hope that answers your question there. It's definitely, uh, again, if you're making edibles and stuff and you're using yeah. the uh, lecithin, then let us know, man. You know, pop over on purses and make sure you start some diaries so we can see questions like that being answered. But this is it with lecithin, this is it without it. Let's see shit like that, man. The uh, taste we is, have a... is subjective to a lot of people. I mean, uh, my when I started using it, I asked my wife because she seems to sometimes have opinions about flavors. Mm. And then I, I gave her the lecithin and let her actually taste it. And she said, oh, it tastes like nothing. No big deal. Didn't bother her. But I know some people find it bitter. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I yeah. suppose it depends on it depends on the the brand as well and mm -hmm. and all of that can change things but yeah. yeah i've i've noticed once or twice that yeah it can bring a bit of a bitterness to it but it's like it's not huge and if you've got enough flavor in the gummy or in whatever edible you're making it's negligible you're not going to really notice it yeah but but some people will and especially if you if you know what it is and you're not a fan of it you'll pick it up straight away yeah, it's, it's a common ingredient in a lot of commercial salad dressings and things because, again, it's the emulsifier. Hmm. Right, uh, from Hillbilly Harvey, it says, I use sunflower lecithin. I don't know if I'm saying that right, probably not, but that's how I say it in my gummies. And he didn't write that. That was me when I said lecithin. All right, that's not what's written down. <laughs> and, and folks using CBD gummies seem to get 
effect from 10 milligram gummy, whereas they need 30 milligrams of just oil. The lecithin definitely seems to make more of a, a make it more bioavailable. Which, yeah, yeah it's, it's one of the things that people use it for is to make it uh, more bioavailable. Like mm -hmm. I said, the way it's processed with the liver, it, uh, it, it's more effective if you use the lecithin. If you use it, if you're making like RSO capsules or FECO capsules or something like that, then yeah, it's a good idea to add some lecithin to the carrier oil. Hmm. Sorry, Monkey, you was going to say something. No, that wasn't me. Okay. Yeah, so uh, good good uh, input there. Thanks, Hobbily. Yeah, so definitely use it for certain edibles, you know, and, and let us know how it goes. We have a question here from Silasin as well. Uh, and just so you know, anybody, if you've got questions that you'd like to ask the panel at this point in the show, if they haven't put it up in the forum or the Discord already, then make sure you put a Q before it because we, we'll see that, you know, capital Q, and then put your your question behind that. And we're more likely to see it in the chat so it doesn't get missed. Well, uh, one here from Silasin says, should I thoroughly rinse my eggshells before roasting them? Monkey, this is your kind of thing, right? Yeah, I, I do that. And I always rinse my eggshells simply because I don't want the smell of rotten eggs in my kitchen and I'm keeping eggshells. <clears throat> if you can, I mean, what I, the ultimate is actually to pull the membranes out the inside of the eggshells if you really want to be particular where you're doing it. But that takes a lot of work. Uh, because you're eventually going to want to widow that membrane anyway, and that's a process of uh, doing that after you crush it and roast it. You kind of toss it in the air to kind of get rid of a bunch of that protein membrane so you don't have a bad situation later on. The protein can cause some bacterial growth in the compounds later. But yeah, rinse it by all means. If At the very minimum, rinse all the egg off of it before you keep it. It's going to help you longer down the line. Because you don't want that protein in your final uh, solution. You only want the calcium. You don't want anything else. Yeah, man. You're soaking it in vinegar as well for a while, right? Well, yeah, I do it at least a month. Uh, I guess you don't have to do it that long, but uh, I've always got one on the brew, if you, if you want to think of it that way. A handful of eggshells and a couple of cups of, of uh cheap vinegar and just let it sit for about 30 days every every day or two else maybe swirl it or something like that just to get it going and strain it out at the end or just pour off pour off all the you know, i don't even use i'm not using pulverized eggshells in that i'm just using crushed in my hands so just pour it off through a, a strainer and you're good to go i use it like that wca to reharden rainwater it's perfect nice Sweet then. And Dr. Evil has a question here for us as well. He said, not related to the subject, but this is listener mail, bro. Everything's related to the subject at this stage. We just ask, answer any questions. It doesn't have to be specifically about the subject of the show. But can using newts late in flower kill terpenes? Mm, I heard that one. Mm, I'm not sure about that, man. It depends, I suppose. On If you fucking give them a shitload, then it's going to damage <laughs> the plant. And that if will you fry it, the amount. maybe. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's one of those that offer debate, isn't it? Does flushing work? Does flushing not work? Is it good? Is it bad? Well, I mean, you could look at it, and if you give the plant nutrients to the late flower, you may end up with larfy bud, and larfy bud's mm -hmm. not as mm -hmm. dense, and it's going to, in that respect, maybe dilute your terpenes because it's going to be into larf instead of, you know, nice tight buds. Yeah. Mm. And too much nitrogen at that stage, you know, that's going to make yep. it taste more grassy towards the end as well, which will definitely affect the terpenes. I don't know if it uh, will kill them, but it'll be tasting 
more grassy than it should do if you use too much nitrogen at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do it. That's all I'd say, you know? Yeah. Taper up the nutrients food, toward the flower and you're good. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. uh, I think it's uh, more, the, more the temperatures you got to worry about. True. High temps will really kill your terps. But they say you open that tent. If, if it's if the tent reeks when you open it, you're losing terps. Mm. SG two said, "Are all of these microbes and shit tiny little creatures like under a microscope, and they can live on the skin?" Yeah, pretty much, mate. They're all little life forms, man. Just uh, little complex life forms and shit. Uh, I don't think they have consciousness or anything, so they're not like, ah, we're stuck in a bag, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just, just try it out like Han Solo. You, know I mean? <laughs> you got any water, bro? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. oh shit! <clears throat> but yeah, yeah but they, pretty yeah. much like little bugs, aren't they? Yeah, they are but, different though than the ones mm-hmm. you have on your skin. Yeah, so that's that's a good point to make. But it's like um, more than fifty percent of the DNA in your body will consist of bacteria. It's not even. It's like you're mostly bacteria, not even human. It's crazy. I don't know. I heard some some figure, and I don't know if it's true or not, but somebody said something like half of your body weight is actually microbes or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. true or not, but that'd be bizarro if it was. Yeah. But they're important things, man, and they're important in growing as well, you know, you know, with plants. So make sure but you do try and incorporate some of the microbial shit into your grow. Unless you're in DWC. That's just uh just to risk it. <laughs> Yeah, all the air pumps and stuff just gonna make yourself some stinky throff. Mm. Don't want any of that. Keep it sterile if you're in full water grows. But for uh, soilless mediums and shit, you, you should be good to use a little bit. And if you're in living on organic soils, then yeah, man, plenty of microbes in there. But microbes will love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, microbes are a good thing to play with, even if you're not using them now. Like like I wasn't in cocoa. You know what do you got to lose? Give it a shot. If you don't like it. Don't do it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Give it a test. But plants usually love it. I haven't seen anybody say, oh, my God, my plants had some some lactobacillus and now they're dead. Oh, no, <laughs> I've never seen oh, unless, you really, unless you made them lacto wrong. That's only I can mm-hmm. say, you know, but unless that, no. there's a strain that's lac- lacto, uh, lacto intolerant. <laughs> like, <laughs> <or something. Yeah. laughs> lactobacillus intolerant cannabis. You know I mean? that's lactobacillus intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> it's all plant just starts like, fucking. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and Dr. <laughs> Evil said, will microbes make my sausage bigger? Yes. Just hmm. like by uh, a hundredth of a millimeter, is you know, but that's it. <laughs> by the, by the, I've got by the I've, thickness of one microbe. Yes, I've got a question for Doctor Evil. Are you sitting next to Billy? Is that is that what's happening? <laughs> I think Billy tapped him in this weekend. This week, you know, it's got to be Billy's at least. At I heard a joke earlier that relates oh, to that. Oh no, not a Mackie joke. Here we go, Mackie joke. Before we round off the show here, everybody, uh, what does a man with a two foot dick eat for breakfast? This morning I had an egg. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, right? If, if you can see my face right now. <laughs> oh, ah, wow. shit. Yeah, you gotta have your face in your hand, you know, shaking your head at this point. That's fucking that's so bad it's funny. <laughs> no, it's so bad. I don't know about funny, but it's so bad. Ah, shit. Oof. Oh gosh. Yeah. 
Yes. That was definitely a Mackie joke, by all means. Yeah, yes. definitely. That's it. I heard it and I was like, I've got to take that one to the show. That's my next joke. They're going to love that one. They're going to love it. Yeah, man. But that's about it for the show, I think. I think that's uh, that's everything. We've got the questions covered there. Uh, we've got one more. We'll do one more from Bob there. He says, uh, I'm not getting any fade towards harvest, even though I've been feeding water for three weeks. I've got five litre pots of soil using BioBiz every feed. So... Uh. Have you been feeding water for three weeks or, or are you giving BioBiz every feed? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what are you doing here, Bob? Jesus. You're just assuming that you haven't been giving water. The, the nutrients get stored up in the leaves and it gets stored up in the soil for a while as well. So uh, it might just take a while for it to use it up, man. Even if there's nutrients available in the soil, the, your plant would still go through iridescence when it starts. That's the right word, isn't it? Senescence. Senescence. I say it every time, don't it? I say it's iridescence every time, and it's incorrect. I had to think about that one for, I'm saying, what is he talking about? Oh, that's it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Iridescence is the thing where, like, there's oil on water and it makes it look rainbow colored. That's iridescence, oh, yeah. everybody. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I always mix up the two words, but senescence is when a plant starts to get old because a uh, cannabis plant isn't going to live forever. It's got a certain amount of time. Once the flowering cycle starts, it's going to reach the end of its life cycle within a few months. So if it's gone on for too long, it starts to die. And you look out for those signs, regardless of how many nutrients you're giving it or not. So, uh, yeah, keep feeding it until it's... Uh, check the trichomes, man. Make sure the trichomes are looking at about 50% clear to 50% milky. And that's a good time to flush if you want to flush because that's going to take a couple of weeks until the plant is finished. Yeah, not we'll all plants fit for a fade, right? Do they? Mm-hmm. No, I've I've had plants not do it. It comes comes down to temps too. Like if your if your temps are fairly high still, you may not see a fade. Um, so you know it's kind of a combination, I suppose, of of having a whole lot backed up in that medium that the plant is mm-hmm. still able to eat, and then a higher heat, you you may not necessarily see the fade. Um, but yeah, I've I've had ones that go the whole way through, and they're still just as green no matter what you do so yes yeah I, I would say there's probably backed up stuff in that um in that medium that's preventing mm-hmm. it from happening mm-hmm. john said uh john r he said in the chat there uh check your runoff at week six if very high just water only don't waste your nudes it's good advice man it's good advice mm-hmm. yeah so that's about everything i think we'll move to the outro there And there we go, everybody. That was this week's Grow Guides. I hoped you learned some things. And if you need any help or have any questions about anything we covered in today's show, then do feel free to find us over at percysgrowroom.com. And you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Feel free to send us a message with any questions you might have, and we'll be able to help you out over any of those networks. Come and join us for the live show on Sunday if you are free. It will be good to see you over there on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash high on homegrown at 9 p.m uk time that's 4 p.m eastern and 1 p.m pacific so if you're free make sure you come and join us for the live show this week we'll be speaking about the benefits of using uv lights in cannabis cultivation so come and check out that show if you are free but if not you'll be able to catch that grow guides episode on friday next week as usual thank you for being here thank you for downloading and listening to the show we appreciate every single download so thanks for listening Thanks for always being here. We appreciate it massively. I hope you have a good weekend. 
Stay high, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye.